This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who've tuned in to watch today, and may I invite you to stay tuned as we discuss this subject, the Lord's Day. What does the Bible say about the Lord's Day? I hope you'll stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course, and may I emphasize the course is free. It will cost you nothing. Well, maybe I better back up. It'll cost some of your time. You'll have to take the time to call for the course. You'll have to take the time to study the course, but it will not cost you money. And may I encourage you to, to listen as we pause for just a moment to give you more information about the course and how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580 or call toll-free 1-877 7115214 I want to read now from the book of Revelation and I want to read a passage of scripture that contains the phrase the Lord's day but I begin reading in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 9 I John both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and what you see write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. The Lord's day. John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The Lord's day is not to be confused with the Sabbath of the Old Testament. I want to read to you now from Colossians, the second chapter, beginning in verse number 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. According to those passages, when Jesus died on the cross, 
He did away with that handwriting of ordinances that was against us, speaking there of the old law. But there are those that confuse the Lord's day with the Sabbath of the Old Testament. Early Christians did not observe the Sabbath. They observed the Lord's day. And there is a difference in the Sabbath day and the Lord's day. The Sabbath day was on the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday. And the Lord's day was on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. We are to worship today not on the Sabbath, that is Saturday. We worship on the Lord's day. But I have heard some say that don't you know that men worshiped on the Sabbath until it was changed several hundred years after the beginning of the church. And men changed it from the Sabbath to Sunday or the first day of the week. And I find that rather interesting. They can even come up with some quotations that date back to about 300 uh, or 400 uh, years uh, uh, after the Christ came into the world, 300 A.D., 400 A.D., 500 A.D., 600 A.D., and they have all these quotations. But I'd like to read you some quotes and statements older than those. First of all, let me read you a statement that was made 100 A.D., this is just 70 years after the church, less than 70 years after the church had its beginning. Just a few years after John, who wrote the book of Revelation, uh, died. And uh, th this is what he said, We keep the eighth day, that's Sunday, with joyfulness, the day also on which Jesus arose again from the dead. That was from the Epistle of Barnabas, and that was written 100 A.D. So back in that time, men were worshiping on Sunday, the first day. Let me read you another statement that was made by Justin Martyr in 150 A.D. This was less than 120 years, 30 years after the beginning of the church. And on the day called Sunday, all who live in cities or in the country gather together and in one place. And the memoirs of the apostles or the writings of the prophets are read as long as time permits. Men worshiped on the Lord's day. First of all, may we understand Jesus is Lord. He is the Lord, not a Lord, the Lord. Ephesians 4 says there is one Lord. In Acts chapter 2, when Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, in the 36th verse he said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that, that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord, Lord, and Christ. Jesus is Lord. In uh, Acts, the 10th chapter, in verse 36, it is said he is Lord over all. Do you remember in Acts, the 9th chapter, when 
The Lord appeared to Saul of Tarsus on the, when Saul was on his way to Damascus. Saul asked this question, Lord, what will you have me to do? Folks, Jesus is Lord. Why is he Lord? He is Lord because he is head over all things to the church which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22-23. He's Lord because his Father has given him all authority. In Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus said, All authority hath been given unto me in heaven and on earth. And we today are not to detour around the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and detour around his lordship. Jesus is Lord. Now when I acknowledge Jesus is Lord, that means that I recognize that Jesus is in control. Sometimes I'll hear people talking about where they may uh, uh, go to worship and they'll say, well, we've got so-and-so that's in charge there. Or this man is in charge, or this person is in charge, or these people are in charge. The truth of the matter is there's not a single solitary person on the face of the earth that's in charge of the New Testament church because the Lord Jesus Christ is in charge. He gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all, Ephesians 1, 22. So Christ is over all things. Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's Lord whether we like it or not. In Romans chapter 14, verses 7 through 11, Paul even said he's Lord of the living and of the dead. He's Lord. And the day upon which we worship is his day. John referred to it as the Lord's day. Have you ever thought about the important things that happened on the Lord's day? That happened on the first day of the week? And, and these events... I'll just, just stress and point out very plainly, very vividly, why it is the Lord's day. First of all, if you'll turn back to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, we find that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead on the first day, that is on Sunday. Listen to Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, there early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And then in verse number 21, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. It was after three days that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, and it was upon the first day of the week. He was raised from the dead on Sunday. The church was established on Sunday. If you'll turn in your Bibles to the second chapter of Acts and in verse number one, 
The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. The second chapter of Acts is a record of the beginning of the church that's found in the Bible. This is the, if you want to call it the birthday of the church, is recorded here. That's the day that it began. And it began on a certain day. It was the day of Pentecost. Well, upon what day was the day of Pentecost? If you go back to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, you will learn that the day of Pentecost occurred on the 50th day. They were to count seven Sabbath days, that's 49 days, and upon the day following the seventh Sabbath day, which would be Sunday or the first day of the week, they were to observe Pentecost. All of the events that are recorded in the second chapter of Acts took place on the same day. They took place on the Lord's day. They took place on Sunday. They took place upon the day that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. The apostles were baptized with the Holy Spirit on Sunday. Go back to Acts chapter 2 again. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all of the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it was upon this day, that is, upon the Lord's day, the first day of the week, that the apostles and the apostles only were baptized with the Holy Spirit, endowing them to speak languages that they had not previously known and to perform other miracles. That happened on Sunday. Also, the gospel was first preached on Sunday. That is the gospel under the Worldwide Commission. Jesus had said, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that first happened on the first day of the week. Go again back to Acts, the second chapter. It's the day of Pentecost. It's the first day of the week. And in verse 22, Peter said, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate, determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by. Now, it was on the first day of the week that Peter preached about Jesus. He preached about his life. He preached about the fact that God put his stamp of approval upon him. And he also preached that he had been crucified on, and that he was slain upon the old rugged cross. Furthermore, he preached that Jesus was raised from the dead by God's power. That's in verse 24. And of course, that happened on the first day of the week. But the first time this message was preached to the world was on Sunday, the first day of the week. The conditions for pardon 
were first announced on the first day of the week. Go back again to the second chapter of Acts. The day again is Pentecost. It's the first day of the week. Listen to verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was on the day of Pentecost, it was on the first day of the week, that Peter preached the conditions of pardon from sin. When the people inquired, What shall we do? He told them to repent of their sins, to be baptized for the remission of their sins, and it was on this day that the first converts were added to the church by the Lord. Look in verse number 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. You see in verse 38, he told them to repent and be baptized, and they weren't quibbling with Peter and saying, I don't see the need of that. Those that gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now, notice the 47th verse. Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Men were first added to the church of the Bible on the first day of the week. You see, the first day of the week is a very significant day. It was the day the church had its beginning. It was upon this day that men broke bread. That is, they observed the Lord's Supper. Turn to the 20th chapter of Acts, and in Acts chapter 20, and in verse 7, the Bible says, Now on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his speech until midnight. It was upon the first day of the week, that Sunday, that men gathered together to commemorate the death and suffering of Jesus. Jesus had said back in Luke twenty-two nineteen, when he instituted the Lord's Supper, and this is his supper, to remember him, Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me. And it was on the first day of the week we have an example of men coming together to do that very thing. It was also on the first day of the week that men gave to the Lord of their possessions as they had been prospered. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 1 and verse 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye upon the first day of the week. Let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So Paul said you need to give to the Lord on the first day of the week, that is on Sunday. The reason that we do not ask for contributions on getting to know your Bible is because we try to stress that it is on the Lord's day that we are to give to God as God has blessed us. And I believe we ought to give liberally and generously to God. And when we do, God will bless us. 
Jesus said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosoms. So we, it was on the first day of the week that early Christians gave as they had been prospered. You see, this is a day that truly, truly belongs to the Lord. Over in the 118th Psalm, there are some passages that I'd like to call to your attention. And these verses have to do with the day that belongs to the Lord. It's called the Lord's Day because it belongs to Him. It belongs to Him because He is raised from the dead on that day. It belongs to the Lord, His day. Listen to verse 22. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Well, who do you suppose he's talking about? Well, Jesus is that chief cornerstone, Acts 4.11. He's talking about the Lord. He's making a prediction or a prophecy about things to come. And he said this was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice in it. When did Jesus become the chief cornerstone? When was the Lord Jesus Christ exalted as the head of the body, which is the church? When did that happen? I invite your attention to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. And I want to read beginning about verse 19. And this is where, where we're going to learn when Jesus Christ became the exalted head of the church. Listen to it. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the work of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Could I ask you a question? When did Jesus become head of the church? Well, somebody says, well, he became the head of the church according to this when God raised him from the dead. Exactly. And Jesus was raised from the dead on the first day of the week. Now let's go back to the 118th Psalm again. This is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I am convinced beyond any shadow of a doubt that the psalmist is talking about the Lord's day in verse 24. The day that Jesus Christ was exalted as the head of the body far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. And folks, that took place on the first day of the week. Do you see why the first day of the week is so important? It's an important day. And it's on that day that we are to worship God and at no time should we ever willfully or deliberately neglect an opportunity to worship the Lord on that day. This is the Lord's day. And from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock is not the Lord's hour, 
The whole day is the Lord's day. All of it is his day. My father may have been a little bit extreme along that line, and uh, I don't know. I, I think he taught me well about it, to respect the Lord's day, to respect Sunday. One question we never ask in our house is, are we going to worship today? It was understood. Today's the Lord's day. We're going to worship. And there were certain things I was not allowed to do on Sunday that I could do any other day of the week. For example, I could not go fishing on the Lord's day. My, my, I, could, I could not go swimming at our old swimming hole on the Lord's day. I, I had a cap gun and, and I love that cap gun. I, but but, but my, my dad wouldn't let me fire that gun on the Lord's Day. He says, son, today's the Lord's Day. And maybe once or twice a year we might buy a few firecrackers, but I could pop those things any day I wanted to, but except the Lord's Day. Now, maybe dad was a little extreme along that line. I don't know. But I'll tell you what he did. He taught me to respect the Lord's Day and I would never want to miss on the Lord's day. I would never want to willfully absent myself from being in worship on the Lord's day. Have you ever missed, Brother Lambert? Yes, there have been times that I've missed. Maybe if I've been sick, I've had a surgery or something like that, I've not been able to attend. But my heart was there. I think I was a little like John. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I, my heart was there. My body wasn't. But we should never disrespect the Lord's day. But now times, it's a day to do almost anything we want to do except the thing for which it was intended. It's a day to go to the mountains day or to go to the beach day or go to the lake, to go fishing, to get out on the golf links, to sleep late day, to read the newspaper day, to go to grandma's day. But folks, it's the Lord's day, and may we use it as that. I, I want to thank you for watching our telecast today, and I want to give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ on Sunday, the Lord's day. And also right now in the closing moments of this telecast, I'd like to encourage you to pick up the telephone. Call the number that you have seen on the screen and request the free Bible correspondence course. I want to encourage you to do it. It could be the single greatest thing that you've done. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.